You are listening to the Free to Be Mindful podcast, which provides bite-sized tips for busy parents, educators, and anyone working with kids. These real talk conversations focus on mindful living, mental health, and personal growth, helping all to learn, grow, and inspire with mindfulness in mind. I'm your host, Vanessa De Jesus Guzman, educator, licensed professional counselor, entrepreneur, and mom. I'm passionate about helping folks live life with peace of mind and ease of heart while not losing their, well, you know, here we go. Hello, and welcome to episode 122 of the Free to Be Mindful podcast. I hope that you're feeling good, looking good, and doing better in this world than you were yesterday. So as always, the podcast episodes could be heard whenever throughout the entire year, but if you listen to it real time, it may just be a little bit more relevant, but I'll always encourage you to stick around as the messages can still land and resonate with you, regardless of what time of the year you're listening in. But if you're listening to this in real time, we're approaching the holiday season very, very quickly. And this year, I don't know, although I have more time on my hands because I create my own schedule, I have not really been out to the malls to shop for others. (laughs) I went to the mall to shop for a dress for my brother's wedding, but not really for other people. For other people, I have been more intentional this year, though, about thinking what they would like, and I've just ordered it online because I get way overstimulated by all the lights and all the lines and just how long going to the mall can be, especially at this time of the year. But despite being more intentional and despite really thinking about what people want, there are some people on my list, and I won't reveal who they are should they perhaps tune into this episode, there are some people on my list that I really don't know what to get. Does that happen to you too? Some people can be so easy to shop for, and then other folks... I don't know, they just take out perhaps a little bit more thought, or in my case, they have limited hobbies, so it's a little bit harder to really have an idea of what they enjoy, or you're the type of person that just gets everything for themselves whenever they need it, so they have limited things left over that they actually may use. And it's really easy to get a gift card. And I don't knock gift cards, especially for like kids' birthdays. Nowadays, if you're like five plus, gift card it is because I feel like they have their specific interests on what they want. But for Christmas, especially for family members, I like to make it a little bit more personal. So as I was going through my lesson, really thinking about, oh, what is it that this person would want? I started thinking about, How is it can I speak to, and I say speak to in quotation marks, speak to this person's love language? Now, I've thought about sharing this concept on the podcast before, but to be really honest with you, what ends up happening to me is I think of something and I'm like, oh, everybody knows about that. This will just be really repetitive. But then when I share the concepts of podcasts on my newsletters, which by the way, they do come out once a week and you can be a part of the newsletters by just going to my website, freetobemindful.com, signing up. And I only send one very short newsletter a week because we're all really busy people. But what I've noticed is I get responses on my newsletters or via social media. I'm most active on Instagram, which is at counselor V to Jesus. And I get these responses that tell me, no, we want to know more. 
more, or we really love this topic, or I never knew that fill in the blank. So that really tells me that although some people may be familiar with some aspects of some topics, it seems that a lot of them really resonate with you all. So Today, I'd love to share a little bit about love languages. So the founder of Love Languages is Dr. Gary Chapman, PhD, and he is an author, speaker, and counselor. And he's most well known for being a marriage counselor and a director of marriage seminars. And one of his most popular seminars is The Five Love Languages. He's a best-selling author who's written many books, and he's actually sold over, get ready, for this 20 million copies and has been on the New York Times bestseller list since 2007. So he began with just the five love languages in general in his work with married couples. But since then, it's broken off to get really specific about how the five love languages can be used with different people other than your spouse, partner, or significant other. So in addition to the original five love languages book, there's also five love languages for children, for singles, for men, teenagers, and even a military edition. I am going to link, by the way, in the show notes, I'm going to link to the original book and to the children's book, in addition to linking to the Five Love Languages website, so that if you'd like to take a free quiz that they have on there, you're more than welcome to. So now you may be asking, okay, Vanessa, love languages, love languages, why Is this important or how does this apply to me? And being transparent, I'll share with you that it's helped my relationships a ton, especially with my spouse. You think you know people, right? (laughs) But through the years and through time, it becomes very apparent that perhaps the things that I may appreciate may not necessarily be the things that my partner appreciates or that my son appreciates. So that's why it is important to have a general idea of what the five love languages are. And then you can take it a step further by going on the website linked below and taking a quiz to see which one is your love language. And a step after that, if you want to do it with your partner or spouse or whomever it is you're dating, you can also have them take the quiz and then talk about it. Because that's the most important piece, not just to know what love language or to assume what love language perhaps you are or your partner is. But then once you have the discussion and really understand what it is that's important to the other person, that's when you really make a big difference in the choices that you choose to make because you can see how it's going to positively impact that other person. So here is a general overarching view of the five love languages in no particular order. The first one I'll cover is acts of service. For these people, actions speak louder than words. So folks who have this love language at the forefront, they really appreciate gestures that show love instead of just hearing the words, I love you. So when we're thinking about partners and spouses, we may want to keep in mind what are the things that perhaps they need help with. Anything that can kind of lighten their load is going to be greatly appreciated. And that can range from walking the dog to taking out the garbage. It can be filling up their car with gas, picking up the dry cleaning, 
planning, a lunch date, meal prepping, anything that again is going to make life just a little bit easier by how you can help them throughout a typical week. The next love language is gifts. For some people, receiving a heartfelt gift is what makes them feel the most loved. So many people think that gift giving is all about how expensive the gift is and how much money was spent on it, but it can even be the importance of how much thought was put behind purchasing or getting that gift. So it can range from getting them lunch while they're at work to buying them flowers to getting them a spa day to an all expense paid trip to Italy. So it can definitely have a big range. But again, that person just greatly appreciates being thought about and having something that represents that thought and emotion in a gift. The next love language is physical touch. To these people, nothing speaks more deeply than appropriate physical touch. And it doesn't have to, again, be an extreme. It can be as simple as a kiss on the cheek or holding hands or a hug when they first come in through the door or a cuddle session when you're watching TV. The frequency of the physical touch throughout the day is going to hold much value and importance. And it's going to let that person know that you're really thinking about them. The next love language is quality time. And this love language is all about giving the other person your undivided attention. So it doesn't mean that you have to be around the person all the time, but when you are around them, it means that you have to be fully present, like putting away the phone, turning off the TV, making that eye contact and that deep connection when spending time with your loved one. So it can be going on vacation, but it can also be going for a walk or going for a drive or cooking together. Anything uninterrupted that has one person give and devote their time to the other. And the last of the five love languages is the use of words of affirmation. Here, the language uses words to affirm their love for other people. So receiving sincere compliments, receiving praise and acknowledgments for their hard work, even a simple I love you goes a long way with someone who values this love language. So when it comes down to it, as we're thinking about these five different ways that people can show affection and appreciation towards another person, it's all different ways that we communicate with one another. And that's so very important, not only in our romantic relationships, but also in our parental relationships, platonic relationships, and even our work relationships. It really helps the other person feel cared for, feel heard, feel seen, and feel appreciated. And know that all of us have a primary love language, but then we also have a secondary and even a third. And this impacts our relationships because it's important to not only know, let's say your partner or spouse's love language so that you can demonstrate appreciation for them, but it's just as important to communicate your own love language and your own needs and what is going to fill your cup. And when we recognize these differences in one another, and in some cases, the similarities within one another, then again, we can show our appreciation for the important people in our lives, and we can enhance these important relationships that we have. 
So as I started, being we have two weeks left until the holiday season, I highly encourage you to think about not only the things that you appreciate, but think about your loved ones and their love language and the types of things that perhaps they would appreciate. That really can help you keep perspective of what types of gifts they'd like to receive, and not only because Receiving gifts is a love language, but also perhaps you can give a gift of experience if their love language is spending quality time, or perhaps you can give a gift where you will be doing something for them if their love language is acts of service. It's my hope that perhaps this chat was new and informative to you, or perhaps it just reminded you of things you already knew and refreshes your memory on how you can implement your knowledge of love languages as we go into the holiday season and beyond. I now invite you to join me for the short guided meditation. So right now, regardless of where you are or what you're doing, I'd like for you to reflect on the five love languages, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, words of affirmation, and physical touch. Of those five different ways that we can show our appreciation of others, I want you to think about which one of those is most important to you. Which one helps you feel heard or seen? Which one helps you feel appreciated? And now take this moment to think about perhaps one or two people that are most important to you in this world. Picture their face in your mind. Think of their smile and think of the things that make them happy. And now think of what is a way that you can speak to their love language. How can you enhance your relationship with them by speaking to or doing things that they will truly appreciate, even if they are different from the things that you would most appreciate? Taking time to reflect on those we love and on our choices is a part of mindfulness as it not only allows us to create the space to reflect on these important topics but it also allows us to then take action to make a positive difference in the lives of those we love and in turn in our own lives. have a great week I hope you enjoyed this week's show. It would mean a ton if you took this moment to review the Free to Be Mindful podcast on the platform you catch your favorite shows. That quick and easy act lets me know what you enjoy and it helps others find the podcast too. And of course, don't forget to subscribe so you can listen along next week. In the meantime, I welcome you to catch me on social media at Counselor V De Jesus. And as always, remember, in a world where you are free to be anything that you want to be, you are always free to be mindful. Catch you next week.